Hey everyone, this is your host Josh Baker with the Intelligent Conversations podcast where we believe everyone has a form of intelligence that resides within them. Our goal is to encourage these type of conversations for our audience to listen to. Without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today I have the honor to speak with Jerry Fu. Jerry is currently on a journey to becoming a conflict resolution coach for Asian American leaders. He's been fired. He's dealt with bounced paychecks. He's even had to fire people. He's evicted a roommate and much more. Jerry has taken a unique interest in conflict. And I'm sure that we're going to hear a lot about that today. And I couldn't say how excited I am to hear about that. So Jerry, thank you for coming on. I look forward to listening to what you have to say and share with us today. But I want to dive right into this. But I... I reached out to you back in August and well, you reached out to me back in August, submitted a form. It was kind of a mutual thing there, but yeah. I kind of want to get your thoughts there. Cause I mean, you said you were starting your journey on a journey to becoming a conflict resolution coach. How's that journey going for you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely been a roller coaster with lots of curveballs and I can setbacks. And yeah, I mean, cause you know, a lot of empty promises or well-meaning, but ultimately unfulfilled promises, basically. Yeah. The first year of business, I officially started in October, 2020. And, um, you know, the first year was just try, struggle, fail and just stay alive. Right. So, uh, the majority of my money or the revenue that I made came from private tutoring actually, while I was still hunting for, uh, more coaching business. And so, yeah, at the same time, also doing a lot of podcasts, appearing on a different uh, set of podcasts. And that's been really great too, just because that has been probably the best form of networking I've, I've had for my business, just because it's, uh, it's a great exchange. I meet a lot of motivated people who want to introduce me to other motivated people and we're all just trying to move each other forward. So yeah, this year I actually don't have a lot of guaranteed business lined up either. And so again, right. Either oh, you I feel you, man. <laughs> yeah. Either either you find a way forward or you just settle for a story that says, hey, you couldn't make it. So, you know, which one would you rather have? Right. And I don't I got fired because I I'd rather offer excuses than results. And you know, it's different when you're your own boss and you're just like, no, I don't want to rationalize away this business that I think would be really <laughs> awesome. But you know, uh here that temptation is there. Ah, let me just stop. It's I just like the interview a bit more than <laughs> so, so actually I'm, following through. Yeah. I kind of have a question for you here. What what yeah. motivated you to like start that business to take that step to go out and do it? Yeah, yeah. Um so in my pharmacy journey, right, uh, it started with uh, just being conflict averse in general and just really being frustrated with not knowing how to deal with conflict better. You know, I grew up in this household where you don't talk about difficult things. And even if there are, you just take the path of least resistance. Then I work for a chain pharmacy that basically tells me the same thing, right? Every time a customer's unruly, hey, like, you know, you can stand your ground, but then they just go to your manager and they complain. And then they just say, Hey, just placate them. And then you just like, do I even have a spine anymore? Like, this isn't fun. Right. And so after enough chain pharmacy drama, I said, no, you know, I'm going to try something else. And so thankfully my, in my connections uh, list, there was a friend who said, Hey, there's a teaching job available at my company for pharmacy consultants. Um, do you want to apply for it? I said, absolutely. So next thing I know, I, I'm moving to Houston for this job and 
of course, my parents are like, what are you doing? Walking away from a full-time job with benefits to take on this part-time teaching position with a company we've never heard of. It's like, yeah, I got to take it because I'm going to go insane if I stay at this quote, stable company any longer. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, that was kind of my wake up call, right? Because, um, at the chain pharmacy, I could, as long as I was better than 70% of the workforce, like my bosses could be mad at me, but I knew I wasn't going to get in any real trouble. Right. But now I'm at a smaller company where, um, and being held accountable to the work I was hired to do. And I was still in this mode where, oh, well, you know, as long as I convince them that with a big enough story that <laughs> they should understand why I didn't get the job done, it doesn't work that way. Right. No. So 11 <laughs> months later, I got fired and, you know, it was, it was a long time coming. And so again, just still very conflict averse, right. You know, when my boss is upset with me, still didn't want to deal with it. And then, then I get thrown into uh, this fire where, four of my paychecks bounce filling for crooked doctors. Um, and I'm like, how do I confront the boss? That's clearly ripping me off. Oh, let me just do my part. And I'll just trust he's going to come through for me. It's like, no, you can still hold them accountable. Like that's, you don't have to be ashamed of doing that, but you know, learn that the hard way. Um, next got on with a company that liked me, but, um, couldn't pay me more than eight hours a week. So I was just like, well, what do I do? And I said, well, you can get more hours for us if you work in Austin, which is two and a half hours away from Houston. And so, you know, I could end up in worse cities, but it just wasn't home. And, you know, I have no idea what my life is going to look like at this point. Um, I get tapped to teach some leadership workshops, their pharmacy leadership nonprofits that some of my friends run. And so that was really the, the, uh, a key moment for me, because before I used to think of leadership as like, oh, it's so hard. And every time I <laughs> I tried, I fail at it. I must know I'll probably never be good at it. I just don't want to deal with the headache. And now, right. It's like, well, what if I could be a good leader? You know, maybe I, maybe I could actually be good at this. So a full-time position in Houston opened up um, a manager position and later that fall. And so I'm like, yep, want to come home. Can't stay scared, ready to do this. And I proceed to get written up the following year because my technicians are behaving badly and I am not writing them up. So management said, uh, you know, they're, lack of performance is a problem and your passivity and dealing with that, like your inability or unwillingness to fire or discipline people is also a problem. So, um, got to get better at that. And it's like, okay, so <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> just that's, eating more humble pie over and over again. Right. Yeah. I, I, I see it. I mean, you kind of talked us through the journey there and I, I love it. I mean, it's, you kind of talked us, but I kind of want to, uh, this thing keeps coming up. It's like conflict averse. I, I don't really know yeah. what that means. But okay. from what I'm gathering, it is it more like you avoid conflict and like just kind of just steer away from like, oh, this is an uncomfortable situation. I'm going to distance myself from that. Is that kind of pretty what... much? Yeah, it's like people it's like a different form of people pleasing. Right. You're just kind of like, I don't <laughs> want to upset them, even though I am upset about, you know, whether they typed up a prescription wrong or they, you know, they ghosted me or anything else like that. Right. It's just like, well, I don't want to antagonize them or make the relationship worse instead of saying hey what you did really hurt and because i love you we're going to talk about this right now right and yeah you learn in leadership like if you avoid difficult conversations you're going to lose your company like if you don't mm-hmm. lose your job you're going to lose your company especially for the owner right if people are not up to spot and so yeah it's just this idea of people placing and saying well i don't want to upset them like you know it's like if someone asks me hey jerry you know we're going to this movie you want to come and i'll be like oh yes that was great and then i just don't really want to but i tell you <laughs> yes because i think that's what you want yeah. to hear and then i don't show up and then i'm not twice as mad because they're like hey dude you know we were waiting for you like what's going on it's like oh yeah mm-hmm. i should be just you know lowered expectations to begin with and like we wouldn't have had this problem right but they're afraid that if you say no to the transaction you ultimately are saying no to the relationship 
And, you know, that's not a fair uh, extrapolation, but this is exactly what a lot of conflict adverse people do, much like myself. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've read this book. It's, uh, I don't remember, he's done, he's done two books, but it's by Jack Welch. And he talks okay. about being candid. I'm like, uh-huh. I remember that chapter about it. And I was like, uh-huh. this is something that's important. Like in the mm-hmm. moment, it is not like comfortable at all, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you you are definitely, like you said, putting a strain on the relationship because it's, mm-hmm. it's not comfortable for them either, right? To mm-hmm. yeah. be put in that position. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of want to ask you, how do you make it, I guess, uh, how do you make it comfortable, those situations, like just going forward, how do you make those situations really comfortable for like, both parties involved, or is there just no way that you can really do that? No, it's, it's, no, it's a fair point to, to distinguish because it depends on the circumstances. So let me give two examples, right? On one hand, right, let's say, you know, I, I need to address a typo with a technician, right? And they say, like, hey, so you come in saying things like, hey, look, I wouldn't bring this up unless I really cared about you. Right. When you realize it's like when a parent has to discipline a child, right? When you just can't, hey, I don't have to have to resort to this, but because I love you, I'm going to do this because I know not engaging this would actually make this worse. Right. So when you can do it from a standpoint of love to say, hey, I love this technician so much that I want them to be at their best, that I want them to bring their best. Let me let me come alongside them and now let me equip them well to make sure. Right. So when you come in with curiosity and compassion, hey, why do you think this happened? Right. Oh, and you find out, oh, OK, like, yeah, I was just being careless or I was in a rush as opposed to like this fundamental misunderstanding of how to type it up properly. Right now, it's not so bad. Right. And even if it is a fundamental misunderstanding, uh, they understand, oh, you know, I don't like feeling like I failed you. But at the same time, you know, if this is the price to pay in order so I don't keep failing you. You know, that's mm-hmm. good. Other conversations aren't so great, right? Like when I had to evict a roommate, there is not, there is no way to make oh. this. Oh, you know, there's no way to make <laughs> this comfortable. It's like, hey, man, like now you have to choose closure over comfort. You just kind of like, no, yeah. we just have to get to a resolution. That really is technically, ironically, the best form of comfort because after that, you will exhale so long after <laughs> that whole thing is done. You're just like, oh, like this weight off his shoulders is that. So if you had to just kind of make it easier part of a, one of the tips that I usually offer is just learning to position yourself as a guy, because when you position yourself as a guy, you're just like, Hey, you know, as I said, that's in my technician, right? Hey, I'm just looking out for you. Right. Because if I'm not here, right. And you have a different boss who's not willing to discuss these kind of errors with you, or is just willing to take more drastic mm-hmm. action to correct you. Right. Look, I honestly, I don't want to get you in trouble. I don't want to get me in trouble. So we're just on the same team here. Right. Um, and because I'll give another situation. So at one point, I was a director of a church class. And on my second day on the job, I was told that one of the newer guys in the class was sexually harassing women in the class. And they're like, Jerry, you got to handle it. It's like, you didn't give me a manual, right? Just run toward the gunfire, Jerry. Just just handle it. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. And so again, I, you know, I call this guy up. We'll call him Nick. I'm like, hey, Nick, uh, you know. So there's some information that's been come up about you and, you know, I, I need your help, you know, trying to process it. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know. That's not me. Da, 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 da. Like, okay. Position myself as a guy. Right. I'm like, okay, Nick, look, there's, as far as I can tell, there's three possibilities, right? Number one, they are right. And you are wrong. Well, actually, no, let me flip this around. Uh, you know, you are right. And they are wrong, which means there's some kind of misunderstanding, right? If you mm-hmm. did something, you didn't know better, you know, you cleared up. You know, maybe it's awkward a little bit, but let's say understand, <laughs> hey, it was an honest mistake, done, right? Just don't do it again, right? Exactly. Option number two, 
they are right and you are wrong, which means you're lying to me, which means you are, you know, sexualized in class, <laughs> which means you need to go to them, apologize, and make sure it doesn't happen again. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be watching closely. You can be part of the class, but we just understand we're going to keep an mm-hmm. eye on this because this is not acceptable. Right. Or option number three, they insist that they are right and you insist that you are right, which means now it's your word against theirs, which means I have to ask you to leave because I've known them longer than I've known. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I, I think I need to sort this out. Right. And so then he realizes, hey, Jerry's not gunning for me. Jerry's looking out for me. Right. Because even though this is a serious allegation, he's willing to help me navigate how to handle this well. Right. So that's one way to make like difficult conversations a little easier in that you recognize or a little more tolerable because you recognize, hey, you know what? I need your help in resolving something and I can't do it without your your help. So it's, it's almost like you're pointing out the like the different sides. Like when yeah. you were talking me through that, it's like, okay, so this is what it would look like from maybe their perspective. This is what mm-hmm. it looks like from your perspective. Here's the middle ground. So this is maybe what's happening here. And then it's like, oh yeah, I could probably fix some things. And if you were to talk to the women, they'll be like, oh yeah, maybe I could fix some things too. I, I mean, I don't know the yeah. situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they, they could be, they could just be like, they could just have like a very sensitive threshold and it just made, mm-hmm. because yeah, I've said things before and they were like, Jerry, that's completely inappropriate. I'm just kind of like, really? Like, okay, I was just trying to be funny. I'll but just okay. stop. Yeah. All right, no, right, no, right, no, nothing more than G-rated, got it. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, props to them for like speaking up too. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I, so I have a window cleaning business and then as well, I nice. do this as well. Cool. So for the window cleaning business, when I was first starting, I was getting a lot of like, just, Hey, you're doing great. Like awesome. Awesome. Uh-huh. But yeah. it wasn't until like, I think I did like my 20th customer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And finally mm-hmm. she sends a text. Like, honestly, this is kind of bad. And I was like, thank you. Wow. I literally just said like, thank yeah. you so much. I'm like, uh-huh. I mean, it's nice to like feel all this, like, Oh, you're awesome. Like you're doing mm-hmm. such a good job, like props to mm-hmm. you. But at the same time to get like feedback, like, Hey, I didn't really like this. And then they send like, they sent photos. Like, I don't know if you're using like the rags wrong. I'm like, that actually helps me a ton because then I know wow. where to take my yeah. business forward. Right. It's like, good oh. job. it's like, thank you. Like I was literally just like, thank you so much. Like, I know mm-hmm. you're probably not pleased with the job I did, mm-hmm. but I, it helps my business tremendously. So then mm-hmm. future customers aren't upset at, Oh, he's mm-hmm. just doing this wrong. Or they, Like, again, the people pleasing is just like, oh, I just don't want to bother him. It's, Mm -hmm. but it actually, as a business owner, I'm sure you've seen this as well. It's Mm -hmm. tremendously helpful because you get, it's almost like constructive feedback. It's like, oh, now I know I need to do this going forward. And Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as I love getting the compliments and like, oh, dude, it's so awesome. Like what you're doing is cool. Sometimes I actually kind of prefer the dude, this sucks. Like yeah. you need to be able to do this going forward. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you have anything similar like that. Any stories? Oh I, yeah. Here's a small one. No, but I was like, this is, Oh, he's going to love this. So, you know, getting, trying to get on podcasts, right? Like I get, mm-hmm. I get, I've gotten a lot of yeses, which is great. And I also get a lot of no's, but here's the, this is the funniest one to me because I love this because, so I have a standard pitch, right? You know, I send it, I paste yeah. it just to make it easier for myself because I'm like tired of typing in the same thing every time. <laughs> so, you know, I do say, you know, hi, you know, your podcast sounds interesting. You know, here's my, here's, here's some things that may be helpful or interesting for your podcast. Out of that. And one guy actually goes to the trouble to tell me, Hey, that's your podcast. That's interesting. Sounds kind of fake. No, thanks. Like, and I'm just like, Oh, you know, ow, that kind of stung. And at the same time, you know what? 
I can only imagine how many podcasts said no, because he used this line. They thought it sounded fake and they just dismissed me. Right. So Mm -hmm. I did actually tweak my pitch a little bit just to say, Hey, you know what? I am interested in being on your podcast. Right. Which is not a statement that you could say is sounds fake because that's it is coming it is a desire for me like i shouldn't be afraid to exactly. say that right so you know uh you know props to him i did so i was just like thank you for your feedback right i'll never hear from him again but that's okay there's plenty there's <laughs> know, plenty right? of other podcasts right yeah there's plenty of other podcasts that you know like what i have to bring to the table man so far i'm just gonna go with i'd rather be with the people that are excited to have so <laughs> i know right yeah. I, so it's almost like i mean this is something i think a lot of business owners do it's you want to keep the good customers because mm-hmm. i mean you make yeah. money they get good service i mean it's a mutual understanding mm-hmm. right but yeah. then you learn from the bad customers so then it mm-hmm. makes that experience even better for mm-hmm. the good customers so yeah. <laughs> i i mean it's we're just talking like just speaking just i i think i feel like we're on the same brave wavelength right now it's like yeah. i i totally get what you're saying so mm-hmm. i don't know how would I, this is something. So I post a lot of this stuff on social media. I do reels, things like that. So how would you, uh, so there's two types of things I would say that come out on social media. There's just trolls, right? Just mean being mean. Mm -hmm. And then there's actual Mm -hmm. constructive feedback. Mm -hmm. How would you help, you know, someone differentiate between the two on social media? I know that's a huge question, but Oh, that's, that's no, happy to offer. So here's a, here's a quote that I've, I kind of taken to heart and I'm sure it'll help you too. The, here's the quote that helps me distinguish. Um, and that is to, uh, don't take criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. That's that right there. Oh man, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Just I let that sit for a little bit. Yeah. Just let it just embrace yeah. the moment. That was, that's really yeah. good. Who's it by? I'd have to look it up. Oh, darn. Uh, no, no, we can Google search. You'll find something. But basically, right. I mean, it is because on one hand, right, uh, you will have people that have legitimate beef and you want to learn from them and say, OK, well, what have they done? Right. If they have some level of credibility, if they're an influencer. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's something I want to learn from. But then you have people that just like to lob bombs from their castle because they know there's no there's no uh, re- retaliation. And then you're just like, OK, is this helpful? Right. Is there is there anything helpful in this? Yes or no? No. Okay. Well, then, you know, not my problem. It's clearly they have a bigger problem with it than I do. So, yeah. And yeah. don't get me wrong. You have to have thicker skin if you're going to be out there. That's Oh, yeah. hundred so. percent. You have to, yeah. you have to be able to just blow a lot of it off. I, yeah. I no, no stranger to that. Yeah. But as we were talking there, it kind of reminded me of Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence Them. Mm, great book. That, yeah. Oh, it's a phenomenal book, right? But just how he yeah. talks, I, I, I don't know if you agree with this, but I remember there was one chapter where he was like, most of the time people go about their lives thinking they're right. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. they, they go about and they're like, Oh, like when they, like the example he uses, like when someone sues a company, like, like I think mm-hmm. this one man sued this big corporation and they finally, the guy brought him in. Cause they're like, Oh, just make sure this doesn't happen. Like we can't, you know, afford yeah. to have a lawsuit right now. And so they brought the guy went in and he like asked Dale to how, how can I do this? And it's like, well, just look at it from his perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause he's probably thinking he's right. And you guys are thinking, well, what'd we do wrong? Right. Like we're right. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the biggest things that someone could do that could have an impact on the world is to come out and say, you know what? I was wrong. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. cause I mean, or just even maybe you're both right 
but the thing is you have to come to a compromise. You can't say it's my way or the highway type of thing. It's, mm-hmm. Hey, look, you think you're right. Right. Cause maybe we wronged you in this way. And it's like, Oh, how dare you? Right. This is why I'm suing you. But then the other side's like, dude, like, how, how did you not like, why'd you do that? Like, that doesn't make any sense, but you almost have to sit down. And this is why I like this conversation. I mean, just this podcast in general, because it goes to show that I've had people that on that I necessarily don't agree with, Good. but it's like, we can still sit down, be respectful mm-hmm. of each other and have a decent conversation. I can understand what they see. And then I, mm-hmm. they can understand what I see. And it's like, you know, there's different perspectives. We both think we're right. And maybe we're both mm-hmm. right too, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah. I don't know uh, if you have any experience with that, but I would love to, if you could share yeah, something like that. Sure. Yeah. No, plenty of examples. Happy to, you know, walk people through it. So I'll give an example. So yeah, I remember that book because I remember uh, briefly and I'll use the situation to set up the, the personal example, but he talked about how he's at a party, right. And someone like spouts off like this fact that he knows is wrong. <laughs> and he's like, Hey man, like you're actually wrong about that. Yeah. And that and I like cites the reasons. And then he's like, I thought he would, you know, thank me for correcting him. But instead, he actually just said, you know what? No, I, I think I'm right. And you're <laughs> like, what? Like, no, like you're wrong. And then, you know, it doesn't matter if you are right in the moment, you lose the relationship. And now you've, you've, you've lost sight of the long game. Right. So, yeah. So the example I'll give a similar situation like this. So I'm at an international networking event, you know, in Houston and then I meet an older white gentleman. And this is, keep in mind, this is at the height of like the Asian hate crimes, like you oh, know, yeah. the woman that killed in Atlanta at the spas and things. Mm-hmm. And so we'll call him Tim. And so I meet Tim and Tim's like, Hey, so, you know, with all this hate crime stuff in the media, like, have you experienced anything like that? Like, is it really that big a deal? You know? And I was like, okay, you know, I could take this one of two ways, right? Number one, he is genuinely concerned for me uh, as an Asian, you know, in, in the U.S. that is under a lot of scrutiny. Um, you know, maybe he's just really looking out for me. The other is to imply that, oh, well, the media is just playing this up for ratings and it's really not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my mind, I'm sitting there thinking, people are dying. Like, of course, it's a big deal. <laughs> you know? yeah. But so what I do and I say, okay, let me give him the benefit of the doubt, right? And just like, let me just throw something out there to see how, just how he reacts to it. And I tell him, I'm like, hey, Tim, so did you know that uh, Houston's Chinatown is built on discrimination? It's really, what do you mean by that? I said, well, at one point, all the city officials decided that they didn't trust the Asians in the city. So they sequestered them into the Southwest part of the city. And then even worse, on top of that, they redraw the voting uh, district in such a way where they don't even have a vote together. Like they deliberately just you mm-hmm. know, put them in a, a circle and then cut it in half so they couldn't even have any political clout. He goes, oh, well, you know, that's not great. And I said, well, yeah. So on one hand, yes, I am thankful that I have not experienced any racial taunts or physical violence. Like I've not mm-hmm. been assaulted and I'm thankful for that. But there's a greater system of discrimination that is still in play that is not okay just because people aren't getting hurt. Am I here to embarrass him? No. Mm-hmm. I just maybe wanted to stretch him just a little bit, right? In a like, civil way that says, hey, you know what? Hey, like, like it happens. No, it's not, it's not, it's not, yeah, it's not a, it's not an exaggeration. In fact, uh, it's been happening for quite some time now. It's just that the media did decide, hey, you know what? Now we can get ratings off this because, you know, uh, racism in America has a long history from mm-hmm. the act called 
the Chinese Exclusion Act. Like this is not a new thing. Oh yeah, but, I remember that in the history books. <laughs> yeah, you got two paragraphs, and that's it. Oh yeah, you know this racism on the West Side, but you know here's the Civil War. Let's focus on this. Where we, you mm-hmm. know, it's about us, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's funny you bring that up. I, I, I think a lot of people don't understand that. I like mm-hmm. they focus so much on the Civil War because I mean a war was fought over it, right? Yeah, of course. But the yeah. Chinese Exclusion Act, and like there was a lot of things that happened on the West too that I think tend to go unnoticed. Yeah. And I, I I totally like see where you're coming from too there. And I I remember one of my oh what was it? It was my government teacher, okay. senior year of high school. And what he said, he was like, he's like, both sides actually have pretty valid points, right? Like he's like, we've actually like come a long way. Like we're not enslaving these people, we're not like putting them in True. horrible conditions, right? We've come a long way. We still have a ways to go, right? But at the same time, he's like, but the thing is, is like, I mean, I'm going to use the African-Americans here as an example, because it's just easier. But uh, he uh, he said he's like, well, Abraham Lincoln, he had an option once he like the Emancipation Proclamation. He's like, there's two million slaves. Where where do you put them? Right. It's like that's a that's a real problem. Right. Like where do you put it? So naturally. Right. They're still like trying to get out. There's still racism Mm -hmm. right there. And then people like that's where you get the Jim Crow laws, all that. And they kind of just, cause they didn't know where to put them. Right. It's just yeah. like, oh, where, where do we put 2 million people that are all sun freed? It's like, yeah, they, they don't know what to do. So they just mm-hmm. plop them here and they're like, all right, this is good. So I see where that side's coming from. Right. They're like, Oh yeah. Like they, they just had to build themselves out of poverty essentially because yeah. they were freed and just put in a poor circumstance. So it's harder for them. Right. I, I totally get in that. A way. Yeah, yeah I, I I see what you're saying, but it, I mean, I, I think it's great that you brought that up. I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't talk about that. So I kind of want to drop the intelligent question yeah. of the day here. Go I think there it. is a lot of conflict that goes on in the world and you as a conflict mm-hmm. resolution coach, I think can really help. But mm-hmm. the intelligent question of the day is how does conflict occur in a society? How does that just occur naturally? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, a a simple working definition I tell people when dealing with conflict is, you know, basically mismanaged expectations, right? And so when there's all sorts of cultural norms that you may not be aware of, because, you know, at least where Houston is, right, it's a multicultural city, what's considered polite in one culture may be rude in another, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's silence and deference, some people would see that as passivity and cowardice, right? And they're like, no, if you're not going to talk to me straight up, you know, that's disrespectful, right? And other people are just like, no, you're being too obnoxious and loud. That's disrespectful, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's just like, everyone just wants to blame like this subconscious part of the human body. That's just like, I know what kind of standard I need to, to, to hit. Like, I know I need to be on time at nine o'clock, but I just don't want to. (laughs) That's basically, that's, those are the two things I feel like I see where it's like, okay, there are, you know, unspoken expectations, right. That people may not know about. And they're just like these hidden tripwires. Like when someone comes over to my house, then they are like, Oh, he's Asian. We need to take off our shoes at the, at the door. Right. Most people are aware of this now. Right. But then other people realize they're just like, well, I know I'm supposed to take him off, but I don't want to. And it's like, okay, now we have a problem. Right. (laughs) Uh, And, um, 
you know, I think that's mainly where conflicts happen, right? It's just either that and just a, a, a refusal to be curious about other things, right? Because we get a lot of polarized people in this in this country, right? People that refuse to maybe have the awareness to evaluate, maybe my stand isn't always the correct one, right? That's another source of conflict, you know, when people get stubborn and dogmatic and they're like, no, I'm not willing to consider another point of view because that... I'm like, that's a threat to who I believe I am as an intelligent, like thoughtful person. Um, even though, yeah, I, I think it's just yeah, part of this, a lack of humility. So yeah, some combination of that, of like, you know, lack of knowledge, lack of desire, and then just, um, just a, just a, you know, an unwillingness to consider some like an, a more open mind or mm-hmm. a more open stance. Yeah. I, I I agree with everything there. Everyone that's listening, that is the intelligent answer of the day. And I kind of want to add something to what you were saying there, just add, build off of that. Yeah. And I know this is kind of uh, a little weird, but what came to my mind is a Star Wars quote. I'm kind of a bit okay. of a Star Wars nerd. Oh, Star Wars but, is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. F- fantastic movie. But it's when Obi-Wan Kenobi and like Anakin are fighting on Mustafar, right? Mm-hmm. Before the fight. And yeah. Yeah. Before Obi-Wan grabs his lightsaber to go, he's like, only a Sith deals in absolutes, right? Mm-hmm. If you have this absolute men- mindset, there right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh man, like you're a Sith, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that's I know that's a bit weird how the play on words there, but I I, I think it's so true. A lot the dan- most dangerous thing is that people have just this absolute like mindset almost. It's like my like this is just how it is right like there's no in between there's no like you're wrong type thing it's either you're right you're wrong I'm like I've seen countless examples where I'm like both parties actually are right they actually are talking about the same thing but it's just they don't sit down and have a conversation about it and I'm like you guys were to sit down and be like oh yeah that's that's actually a fair point I actually agree with that or oh that that's a fair point I like I agree with that and I think a lot of people would actually agree with each other and say, oh yeah, I, I don't think that's cool. Or, oh, we need to, you know, fix this problem. It's just, everyone's so stuck in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like, this is the way type of thing. Like mm-hmm. absolute, like this is yeah. absolutely the way we can, we have to do it. And there's no in between. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the most dangerous things is to think things are absolute. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something I, that I just thought of. I, I know it's a star Wars thing, but I think it's also, applicable to oh, it's very relevant yeah everyone loves star wars everyone wants to believe that the rebels and that the other side is the empire right there mm-hmm. are there are people on the other side of the world that see the u.s as the empire and you know people are like no how could they it's like well have you considered their perspective it's like well no mm-hmm. it's like well of course you haven't right and it's not to be condescending it's just to say hey you know everybody wants to be the rebels right no one wants to believe that they're the empire but yeah ev- when everyone, both everyone sides wants to are, be the good guy <laughs> exactly right when both sides right and there's a great book called the irresistible revolution that points this out where they talk about both sides on, a, on the side of a war launch bombs kill other people celebrate death right like how is so how are you just thankful you're on the side with like the, the better weapons? Like what, you know, what, how is this any better? Right. When people are losing lives over things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to an example that came to mind when we talked about absolutes. So I'll give an example that has no real resolution, but I hope people can appreciate the nuance and complexity, right. And the gray. Right. So at one point I sat in on a debate talking about pro-life pro-choice and, you know, this one woman was like, no, like an absolute say, no, a life is a life no matter what the circumstances like it's just wrong to take a life where no matter where you are what stage it is life has started don't don't stop it right and so 
I like to throw in this situation because I know I'm not going to get any consensus on this. At one point, I had an aunt who took some aspirin while she was unaware that she was pregnant, right? Which is a no-no, right? Because that could cause birth defects, things like that. And so when they did ultrasounds, they found that the baby was had like had like a heart defect as a result of her, most likely as a result of her taking this aspirin while she was unknowingly pregnant. Mm-hmm. She wanted to abort the baby because she's like, I don't want this kid having to just live this short, difficult life because there's a heart defect. And her mother-in-law, who is very much like, you know, you honor life no matter how difficult it is, insisted that she keep the baby. And, you know, she did because she was deferential to her, you know, to her in-laws, had the baby, the baby, you know, it was my cousin. My cousin had a couple heart surgeries, didn't survive after like the third or fourth one, clearly didn't have any more quality of life or chance to live fully. And people are just like, well, you know, yeah, if they had aborted the baby, he wouldn't have had to deal with all this and all these medical costs, all these logistical things. And, you know, on the other side, people are just like, no, it doesn't matter how unfair the circumstances are. You honor life, even if that means more suffering. Right. And so, yeah, for people that think in black and white, yeah. What do you do with my situation? Right. Yeah. And th- that's the thing is where it's hard. There's a lot of, I think, gray areas just in general, because everyone's circumstances are unique. Mm -hmm. And the hard thing is, is like to draw those black and white lines. Right. Like, I think that's, that's an issue. So uh, I kind of want to, you know, wrap up here. Uh, Do you have like, if anyone wants to reach out to you, I'm, you mentioned you're a business owner as well. People want to do business with you, anything like that. What's the best way they can reach you? Anything like that? Sure. Sure. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn if you want. Uh, but all the, all the good stuff, all the best stuff happens at my website, which is www.adaptingleaders.com. From there, I got a free guide uh, detailing my framework on how to navigate difficult conversations. You can schedule a complimentary 30-minute call. You can also um, check out the free blog on books and other things. I summarize uh, life hacks, things like that. So um, if you specifically want the guide, it'll be available. But if you want to go to the specific landing page, that's, you know, adaptingleaders.com forward slash guide. And yeah, just it's it's free. Please, you know, enjoy it, share it, apply it, you know, hope it results in transformation. In your life. But yeah, adaptingleaders.com. Okay. So for those of you that are listening or watching, uh, be sure to, you know, go check it out. If you, that's something that would interest you. And Jerry, thank you for coming on. I it was a pleasure to have you on, man. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me on, Josh. Look forward to the next conversation. <laughs> so everyone, that is Jerry Fu. As you can tell, he is a very intelligent person, has great things to say. I'll take some of his things, apply it into your life. And stay t- tuned till next week. We have a great guest lined up. See you guys next week. And let's get after it. Hi, everybody. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We could not have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and fill out the form there. Thank you guys again, and let's get after it.